Hey, hey, hello and welcome. Episode 3 of the Tartan Scarf Podcast. As ever, I'm your host, Gordon Sheikh. In episodes 1 and 2, we spoke to experts on Austrian and Israeli football, seeking the lowdown on the challenges the Scotland team were approaching in this international break. Now, I have to give you a little insight into how this podcast is made. This episode was actually recorded, edited and ready to publish before the international break even started. But then we went to Tel Aviv and dropped points. You can listen to the latest Hand and Roar podcast to hear me and the guys speak on this at length, but I wanted to touch on it a little bit here, so here I am re-recording. I, like you, was bitterly disappointed with that result on Sunday and have questions about the efficacy of our three-at-the-back system against lower-ranked nations. Most worryingly for me, especially in the first half, we were so strangely passive. On the plus side, Steve Clark showed he isn't wedded to the system by changing it at half-time, We came out stronger, we fought from behind, and we remain unbeaten in the group. A lot of anger I've seen online is justified, but some of the reactions calling for Steve Clark's head or declaring the campaign over already is frankly a bit silly. There's a long, long way to go, and we've already taken a point from a higher seed. But now our attention turns to our North Atlantic neighbours in the Faroe Islands. Think about the Faroes, and you'll probably conjure images of fishing, puffins, and knitwear. Ask any Scotland fan about the Faroes and you'll hear stories about a windswept cliffside stadium in Tuftier and a certain primary school teacher named John Peterson scoring a brace inside 12 minutes against Bertie Votes' shell-shocked Scotland side. I wanted to dig past those preconceived notions of the Faroes, so before the start of the international break, I dialled up Casper Niesgaard, a young Danish guy who runs the excellent Faroesque football account on Twitter covering football in the Faroes. I'm delighted to bring you that chat right now, Stick around for the end of the interview for details of an exclusive competition I'll be running with Casper over on our Twitter. So, Casper, thank you so much for joining me on the Tartan Scarf. Now, first things first, I was wondering, could you introduce yourself and just let us know kind of how you came to be following the Faroe Islands and covering them on your on your account? Yeah, thank you very much for, for having me. Yeah, I'm... Yeah, how to say, I'm just a 22-year-old Dane who has a fascination about the, the Faroese and both the culture and especially the football because, yeah, mainly because not a lot um, in the league are professionals and, you know, have a day job um, on the side uh, of playing football. So, um, so yeah, that's pretty much what started my, my fascination about it. And, um, yeah, then I started... To, um, to make this Twitter account in Danish, but after the win, the wins, sorry, against Greece, <laughs> the double up, um, then it just, you know, exploded. And then then I was like, yeah, we must do it in English now. And, um, and it's steady, been rising, yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, I mean, it's funny because it seems like, you know, sort of the, the growth of your account is almost tracking the same level, level of growth with the, the national team. I mean, certainly yeah. historically, I guess it's fair to say that sort of the Faroes have always been considered as, as kind of one of the minnows of European football, you know, sort of peaking at a FIFA ranking of about 83rd in 2016, you know, they're now in 107th. But, you know, you look at the last calendar year in 2020 and they had a very productive Nations League campaign in League D, you know, they went unbeaten over Malta, mm-hmm. Latvia, Andorra, they got promoted. I mean, is it fair to say that the Faroes are entering this qualifying campaign for the World Cup kind of with more confidence than, than ever before? 
Yeah, definitely. Um, I think we've played some of the best football under the coach, uh, Håkan Eriksson. Um, and yeah, I think, you know, obviously it was against opponents on 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 our level, um, but I still think that it's, it's it has been an impre- impressive uh, campaign um, in the Nations League. And I really believe that they um, they have... Yeah, really grown as a team and, you know, like it's also pretty recent that he took over. So they have also adapted to his new playing style and doing um, the the campaign, the campaign. And um, yeah, they really come with confidence and yeah, we are all uh, very excited for it. Yeah. Yeah, oh, that's great. And you mentioned the head coach there, um, Hakan Eriksson. I'm sure I'm going to pronounce that very wrong. <laughs> he's been in the job since um, <laughs> since 2019, you know, so he's, he's only got like, eight games under his belt. But of course, only two of those are actually losses, which is quite a good record. You mentioned the style. What, what can you tell us about the, the sort of tactical style he's working on? What kind of manager is he? Yeah, it, he's a, you know, first of all, he's a successful manager um, compared to those that, I mean, obviously, those before has also been successful, but he, you know, won the under 21 European Championship with uh, Sweden. So, um, so he has a great, um, you know, reputation. And, and I think, I mean, first of all, it was a very big surprise that, that, that he was our new head coach. Um, but he wants to play. He wants to play. Yeah. <laughs> Not just, you know, <laughs> kick the long ball and see what happens, but really wants to play um, play football and, yeah, have a great, you know, offensive-minded um, tactic. And, yeah, we are really, um, how do you okay. say, like going forward instead of just kicking it. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm I'm starting to worry a little bit. <laughs> um, but look, I guess from, from your perspective for the Pharaohs, what would you say the expectations are coming into this campaign? I mean, obviously, Pharaohs coming out of one of the lowest pots in the group. But, I mean, mm. what would constitute a successful campaign, would you say, for the Pharaohs? Well, our first game is against Moldova, and you know, if we top the group, then then um, then we obviously go for it all. Then we expect to go to Qatar, but no, yeah, of course, not. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, first of all, just to continue the development with the playing style, with the players, and um, also there's been quite a lot of elder elderly players who has uh, stepped down, and he has. He has some new players on, um, both this time, but also in the later uh, Nation League games. Um, so, yeah, pretty much just, you know, continue the evolu- evaluation of the... Yeah. Yeah, so it's, of, it's, maybe, it's, maybe, it's maybe as much about sort of performance, maybe over results. I yeah, mean, Obviously, probably looking at Moldova, you'd be looking to maybe get some wins against them, but against Scotland, Israel, Denmark, Austria, you may be thinking decent performances. If it's not the results, that would probably be good outcomes. Yeah, definitely. Um, also, I mean, obviously now we only have focus on, on the qualification, but also looking forward to uh, to the next Nations League uh, campaign where we also face tougher, but not perhaps the this kind of level um, opponents then you know yeah develop our game and um, and really yeah looking forward to meeting some stronger opponents again yeah yeah we'll see we'll see that's the thing though I mean I think 
Scotland have certainly been a beneficiary of the Nations League. I mean, obviously, from the first Nations League, we ended up getting the playoff, which then took us all the way to Euro 2020. I don't know if you know that we qualified for Euro 2020. We haven't, we haven't yeah, talked about it much. Penalty, we haven't mentioned yeah. It. yeah. <laughs> that, so was that, a... that was obviously a, a massive success for us. So we, we owe a lot of our recent success to the Nations League. And it certainly sounds like the Pharaohs have been as much a beneficiary, getting some confidence, getting some wins over similar opponents in League D. Mm. Um, tell me about tell me about the squad that you've called up for this for this group. Who would you sort of say are sort of the the danger men that Scotland fans need to look out for? Who are you most looking looking forward to playing for the Faroe Islands? Um, I mean, obviously, uh, Johan Simon Edmondson, uh, the history maker, um, first Faroese in the Bundesliga, and let alone scored the goal in his first appearance in the Bundesliga, but unfortunately he's been left out of the Armenia Bielefeld squad for quite some time. So it's first of all interesting to see what kind of shape he he comes in. Um, but then um, then claiming R. Olsen, our striker, our main striker, um, who's by the way a carp carpenter at uh, his uh, yeah, <laughs> job, um, yeah, he's he's all, always a danger man, and um, yeah, also a multi-time uh, league top scorer. But the two most important pieces uh, for us to have success that must be Hallo Hansson and uh, Brandu Hendrickson uh, in the midfield, um, because if we want to have a break on the ball against opponents like you guys, um, then they must yeah have the abilities to to slow the game down and to yep. have a few passes here and there. So, um, so yeah, they are, they are super, super important. Okay. Do you worry, I mean, this has certainly been something that I've thought of last year when, due to the pandemic, we had to have these triple header international breaks. I mean, do you think the Pharaohs have got the kind of depth in the squad? Because obviously our game between us is going to be the third of the international window. So, are we going to have some quite tired squads? How do you think the Pharaoh's squad is going to cope with that? I'm afraid so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, also taking in mind that uh, our league uh, just started on the 6th of uh, March. So the players are probably not in the best shape of their lives. Um, but on the other hand, I mean, against you guys compared to Moldova, for example, then we can play, you know, were we free and without any expectations, really? So, yeah, why not just give it a go? But, but I'm, uh, I'm, I'm afraid that they are kind of used <laughs> the it's legs when, uh, when we hit March. That third game, that third game, game yeah. yeah, the legs are going to be are going to be in pain by then. Yeah. Um, well, look, something I'm absolutely fascinated to ask you about, Casper, is have you had a chance to sort of look at the Scotland squad that we've pulled up and sort of from your perspective, just what do you think of our squad? I mean, players, style, any, anything. Do you have, do you have any, any thoughts on what we're bringing to the party? I mean, like, obviously you have the the, um, the Robertson and KT. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I really, um, I've obviously followed you and uh, another Scotman, Scot Scottish, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And uh, there's been a huge uh, excitement about Che Adams. Che Adams. Yes, we yeah. are. We're very excited that, uh, about him. <laughs> that he is committed to to Scotland here, yeah. and um, yeah, I'm 
I'm excited to see him. And then a personal favorite of mine is Ryan Jack from Rangers. Really? Um, why, why is that? I don't know. I just like his attitude and his uh, let's just rock the midfield here. <laughs> Fuck, I, I'm surprised. Of, of all the players I thought you might have mentioned, I, I wouldn't have guessed Ryan Jack. But no, that is no? Ex- that's, that's interesting. Well, he is he's an injury doubt for the first game against Austria, but fingers crossed you'll keep that on ice and he'll be ready to play against you guys in the third game. Nah, I mean, um, that's, ah, yeah, he can just see. sit over. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Um, look, as much as obviously, you know, both Scotland and the Faroes, I think it's safe to say that we're both kind of looking forward to a kind of exciting future. We seem, There seems to be quite a lot of positivity around both of our teams. As much as it does pain me to do this, I do have to bring up some matches of the past because obviously Scotland and the Faroes have had a few games in the past um, particularly 1999 there was a 1-1 draw in Toftier under Craig Brown and in mm-hmm. 2002 under Bertie Boats we did draw 2-2 with the Faroes taking a two-goal lead are those games are they are they fondly remembered in the Faroes are they seen as being some of the most eye-catching results obviously you had those wins against Greece that came mm-hmm. later but in terms of that sort of history wh- wh- are those remembered because yep. They're certainly remembered where we are, for sure, in terms of yeah. bad results, I must say. <laughs> I mean, first of all, I'm only 22, so yeah. I, I cannot recall those games. But, um... No, I can, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but um, it's funny because when we um, when we got you in the group, then the first, you know, um, headline, or, or how do you call it, was, yeah. two, was just 2-2, two, 2-2. Two, two to two. Like just uh, two two, <laughs> and um, and the same with Austria. Obviously, when we uh, when we won the first uh, ever uh, competitive game there, but uh, yeah, the, yeah, that was so funny. And um, and you know, like it's mostly for the uh, game uh, in Tuarsan. We are we are ready to uh, to seek the three points finally. But um, yeah, so um, but yeah, the feeling is that that we hope that you guys will underestimate us again. Um, right. <laughs> um, and yeah, let's see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Although, just to clarify, I mean, obviously, this this game's at Hamden. We'll be playing you guys in the Faroe Islands later in the year. I'm sure I'll mm. be dialing you up then to chat about that game. But the stadium you guys are in, it's no longer, because when we played you before, it was in Toftier, which was... Yep. I think all the Scotland fans that went there brought back some very good memories, in terms, but it was a difficult place to go. I mean, windswept on a cliffside. I mean, it was very yeah. difficult to go, but but you're not that you guys, don't, you don't play your games there anymore, do you? Unfortunately, we have um, we have not as much wind on the national team stadium, so um, so we cannot use that against you guys this time, but uh, then we must use the defeats, yeah. So, um, so yeah, it's it's in Tour Sound now. Yeah, <laughs> good stuff. Well, look, I'm sure. Hopefully, um, hopefully, depending on how, what the COVID situation is later in the year, I'm sure lots of Scotland fans will be desperate to come back because I have heard a lot of really, really good stories about trips to the Faroes. Um, look, before I let you go, Casper, if I can put you on the spot, what do you think? What do you think the score is going to be at Hamden? Um, ah. Well, let's be honest. Uh, I think you will. Um, you can say with your heart if one, and your head with the other if you want. You know. Yeah. What do you... With the heart, then yeah. it's it's a draw. Um, okay. I really believe that. Yeah, unfortunately, yes, it it's the third game. You know, so yeah. so with the tiredness and and stuff. But um, 
but yeah, hopefully a draw. But in, but I'm afraid that that it will be two 0 Scotland. But yeah, let's hope. Let's hope you underestimate us and just you know kick the balls in the box because we are we are actually quite good when when it comes to hit the ball away. So um, so let's let's just hope for um, for windy cold game and um, yep. and the zero zero. Yeah. Well, don't worry. Um, I do actually. I do actually live in Glasgow. I'm actually quite close to Hamden, and yeah, we can get quite a lot of cold, windy days in Glasgow. <laughs> so <laughs> that's a distinct possibility for sure. Yeah. Um, but look, Casper, thank you so much for your time on the Tartan Scarf Podcast. Um, absolutely fascinating to hear your insights into the Pharaohs national team. Um, like I said, I'm sure I'll want to dial you up for the return fixture later in the year. Um, but look, honestly, thank you so much for your time. No problem. Thanks. Thank you for having me on. My thanks again there to Casper Niesgaard for taking the time to chat to me. And thanks to you for listening. I hope you learned as much as I did. Now, after the interview, Casper reached out to kindly offer a Faroe Islands scarf, appropriate, right, as a competition prize. If you head over to our Twitter, at the Tartan Scarf, you can find all the details of how to enter. Entries will close at kickoff on Wednesday, 7.45, with the winner announced at full time. Now, despite the Faroes' recent upturn in form through the Nations League, we really have to be expecting a win here at Hamden, and of course with the result in Tel Aviv on Sunday, a win is absolutely non-negotiable, ideally by a couple of goals to boost the goal difference. Despite a couple of infamous results in our shared history, we are unbeaten against the Pharaohs, so Steve Clark and his squad can hopefully approach this game with confidence. You can read more from us at thetartanscarf.com or follow us on Twitter and Instagram at thetartanscarf. Enjoy the game, stay calm, come on Scotland. Night and he ties off to the left. David Marshall.